Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. is an ear. Come on in and we'll show you our dirty wax. I'm your neighborhood friendly black girl, Amber. And I'm the best ear cleaner out there, Ben. Cute. Welcome to Fly on the Wallet, where we'll share our stories of dating, parenting, and what happens when you record it all for the world to see. First things first, we always want to thank, thank, thank all of our papers. I feel like I'm saying everything three times. Yes, yes, yes. We want to thank, thank, thank all our patrons, patrons, patrons out there. You can become a member of the Patreon and support this show for $1, $2, even $5 a month, baby. And when a tour comes in the future, the pre-sale t- tickets to the tour will be on that Patreon as well. So head on over to the Country Club for more exclusives and just good old-fashioned fun. Anyway, the link to that is in the episode notes. Did I say that? You're you're advertising for a tour like hey come on we might have a tour so you want to be on patreon already so when we drop the tickets it's true it's true the pre-sale is going to be there it's going to be happening soon we're, we're already in the planning phase i said that you know what i thought last episode we talked about how you're gonna be my biggest supporter i am your biggest my supporter. biggest not my biggest hater no i'm not your biggest hater <laughs> certainly not your biggest hater how what who's a bigger hater of me, of mine than you I don't know, somebody on the internet who who doesn't want to see you succeeding, you know, who's jealous of you. That's you. You just described <laughs> your, your TikTok. You. <laughs> Why would I be jealous of you? Your, Look at me, man. Your success is, is my success. Me? <laughs> Look at the face. Your success means hair. that I get more things. I get to go out to eat really great sushi. So you're, so you're using a black woman. Absolutely. And you're using a white man. Ew. Yuck. Anyway, uh, you want to talk about being influencers and using each other in the name of a chick? Oh, yeah. So Amber did a photo shoot for herself. I did. And that I had to talk you into doing. No, you didn't. I did. Oh, my I gosh. I need. I, I, I almost said, I wish I recorded everything for you to see, but I do. I do not disagree with your decision to do these kinds of services what i do sometimes disagree with is the price point that's disagreeing with the services (laughs) seems a little bit excessive at times so i like the idea of not paying for anything paying for things if we can do them who you just like your daddy on her own so she, she Amber what happens this. when we can't do them on our own what, because of time all right we we talked about this and then, then you do hire but let's talk about you you know because this is fly on the wallet and really really fly on the amber if we're talking about it no it's a family show i'll let you in i have i have other shows bad advice lambert tuesdays on amp uh, yeah you should listen to Shameless that plug. that's a live show too we, it we, is. we don't edit any of that can't this, edit it baby this is uh this is definitely edited i i don't edit that much i only edit when you stop dialogue to adjust your mic i like I, you just did so you did a photo shoot for yourself yep why did you do this here's thank you for that was a great question. Thank you for asking. I think 
as an actor, creator, performer, it you do yourself a disservice when you don't get new photos, new visuals every about two to three years. So I, I, I my cycle of needing new images to represent who I am now, um, that that came up. So I I needed to take pictures. I haven't taken pictures since I, like uh, two years before I had Wild, mm-hmm. and then the pandemic happened, and everything like that. So I needed to show photos of like this is who I am today, and here's some things I aspire to be. So these photos for me really tell a story of either where I am now or where I want to be. Yes. So I want to one be one day be a Broadway diva performer on stage. So I got like this big tool Mm -hmm. number situation. I think of myself as a a clown and a comedian. So I had like an elevated clown chic look. I think of myself as a host and a, and a talker and a personality. So I wanted to go for like a host chic look. So these images were to tell the story of who I am now and I'm going to redo my website. And you can see those images first on Patreon. That's right. Oh, good plug. Let me, let me yes. put a reminder to myself to put them on the Patreon first. Yes. It was a full day of shooting. Yep. And <laughs> Amber, Amber's the best. So hey, something Amber. that people need to learn about Amber is that she has very high expectations and so she... You are already setting it up on some BS, but go ahead. Yeah, she does have great expectations. And a very standard expectation that Amber has is be on time and be prepared. That's not unique to me. It's I not. feel like every professional should be on time so, and prepared. Unlike a lot of people, though, if those expectations are not met, both in her personal life or in her professional life, what she'll do, she will give you consequences. So if you are hired strikes. to do a job, not even strikes, she'll just, let me explain. So for any listeners, if Amber ever hires you to do a job and you show up late to that job, 10 minutes, sure, she'll give you a grace period. You show up two hours late, she will never work with you again. Never. She will hold, and then if in your personal life you show up late, she's going to talk to you about that. And then just not trust you to do the next event. Or if she needs you to do this next event, she's going to like text you, all right, an hour before, two hours before. Why are you coming? Make sure you're there on time. She's going to ask you like three, four, five times. She's going to, you know, nag you for some people uh, to to do this thing. So those are two things that Amber has. Amber hired this, you know, photographer, does great work, showed up two hours late and charger not working. And Amber had to learn to like adjust herself. I will. Uh, you won't work that with that person again. So right. Well, this isn't unique to this person, but I, I think it's this. This you can go down the line from the person that cuts my hair to the nail person to the uh, hairstylist. Especially if you don't give me notice, mm. or especially if you pretend like you weren't late. If yeah. you pretend that everything's fine. That gaslighting. The gaslight infuriates your girl. Yeah. So it's we, a we had a situation kind where that was gaslighting though. Because it's not saying I didn't it's not saying I didn't show up late. It's pretending as if me showing up late wasn't a big deal, right? There's like a a downplaying, which is a yes. form of gaslighting. Yes. Where there's specific gaslighting, like I didn't do that, like explicitly denying that wasn't this situation. It was this pseudo gaslighting. Yes. Like a like um, what's like a different thing of, instead of gas? Not a gaslight. Maybe a, a a vapor. It was like vapor lighting. It was um, profesh and. 
like I'm not I'm not going to drop this person's name or whatever. This person has a lot of talent and lots of people I've worked with in the past have a lot of talent. But I just think anything over 15 minutes for me, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. Like we we are running out of time day by day. I know this is my anxiety talking, but or and if you and of course I've had people run late to things, but they send a text uh, a message. Yeah. They send a, I'm sorry. I've ran late to many things. We're late to almost everything because of who we are. But I have not had somebody like waiting at the table on me for two hours. For two hours, especially if they run the show. The other thing is that you, like you said, and this is. Uh, a world of influencing. So this, we're talking about influencing. And for these kinds of um, pictures, you don't really need to do these very often. And I would recommend not to do them. There's a lot of people who think I need to buy a very expensive phone, or I need to buy a very expensive camera, or I need to have very professional looking shots right away. That's not the situation. If you moved, you're saying if you moved to LA, and you yeah, started, you yeah, don't yeah, need right. to do that right off the top. Of course, what, what was happening, Amber needed to do this. She needed to get some professional looking things done. It's because her raggedy face was showing up next to like Kiki Palmer's like well done <laughs> face. You know, you were yes, looking. We yeah. all remember how I've not been. I have not been prepared or like for you, many opportunities that, that I've gotten this year. So I was like, I need new pictures. Yeah. The the minute I have a summer or some time set aside, like I need to. Uh, the actors are on strike right now. The writers are on strike. Like for me, this is a good season to like get my visuals together so that when things do start back up, I can you're, get you're back prepared. out there auditioning and things like that. So it infuriates me when I have all my ducks in a row when I plan things weeks out and. Let this be a lesson to you. If you're somebody who is maybe going to work with me in the future or maybe just looking to be in uh, the entertainment industry in the space, like punctuality is everything. I know there's a lot of discourse online right now with uh, Gen Z and things like that about how like time time is a construct of the man and all of that. Time blindness is kind of a disability. It's like be that as it may. If you want to work with me, you need to be on. If you want to work with me and I paid you money out of my pocket, you need to be on time. You, you need to be early if you ask the diva. And everybody else that day was at their post on time, ready to go, supportive. And even especially because if you run two hours over, that's that's two more hours I got to pay my sitter. Mm-hmm. That's two more hours I got to communicate with somebody else. I had a, a 6 p.m. dinner. That's somebody else I got to communicate with. Yeah, that sort so, of affected the whole, it did. It's the a whole rest effect. of our, our night because we... We had a babysitter that was supposed to come. We had a friend in town that we were supposed to meet up for uh, dinner that night. Yeah. And, and everything had to be pushed back because somebody came late. Not only late, but two hours late. Two and hours. even though that this was a big deal, we had talked about this. Amber had you know, paid this person. And I and typically am a very good tipper, but I was like, I ain't tipping nothing. Yeah. And you go and you gonna give me a little something, something, some, some extra retouch photos. I'm definitely going to ask for it. I'm going to ask for some comps. That's who I am. Yeah. It, when, a, when a hotel butchers your reservation, when a, when a flight cancels your flight, you got to throw in some promos, baby. I think the other thing, living in a city is sort of nice because it gives you that, that market option where if you had a bad experience with a, a makeup designer, a hairstylist, there's so many people who can like step up, right? Exactly. You know, we're in a big city where you have a bad experience at a sushi place. There's not just one sushi place in Correct. town. Sort Correct. of a huge advantage of living in a city and even a, a fashion city like mm-hmm. L.A. And going back to last week's conversation, I hold this standard to myself as yeah. well. 
I I beat myself up a little bit when I'm late to things. I beat or, myself up when I can't deliver the absolute you, best product. What you do is you what I see you do is if you make a mistake, you look to make a move to make up for it. Like, Heck oh, I yeah. missed I, I missed this event or I couldn't do this thing because of A B C. So let me do this D, you know, or E option to sort of compensate for my lack. And I think a lot of people don't think that way and be, but you expect everybody to think that way yeah I think a little unreasonable. if you scab my knee give me a band-aid yeah that, that's, that's unreasonable how is that unreasonable because you expect people to be sympathetic and empathetic or at least sympathetic i and think i think people see on the on the receiving end because you've probably felt this way before people see it as a, a little harsh or like not human mm-hmm. like like see the humanity in somebody like sometimes there's traffic sometimes they're whatever but there's there are always ways to combat whatever's thrown at you right something you expect people to do something to make up to atone for their lack yes yes you've experienced this Mm-hmm. How does it feel to be on the receiving end of that? I ain't even gonna talk about this. I mean, it, person that I won't it, be working with again. It, it was did great work. Though. It was yes, it was annoying. I think for me, it was a nice uh, reminder that showing up late to something is a major disrespect because you're saying that you're showing your unaware, your lack of awareness. And you're also saying that I don't care. Like my, yeah, time, I don't care if you're in full makeup. I don't care yeah. if your hair is done, but you, I don't care if you're person, ready to go. There care. was like, you know, 10, there was about 10 people affected by this one person not coming prepared and showing up late. I was affected because I was supposed to show up to this shoot. I'm watching the kid. I could have made up a swim lesson that day. If I knew that yeah. everything was pushed back. I also woke up early. I walked the dog. I took wild out. And at one point I start, I, get in the car, I start driving down, and Amber's like, we're, you know, you know, we're actually another hour behind. So I'm driving. I'm like, all right, what do I do? So I had to pivot, which was fine. I ended up going to an amazing museum, like five minutes away. You know, Wild and I had a very good time. It was a free museum. And it, it was it was wonderful, my ability to pivot. But at the same time, you know, I could have done other things. Yeah. So me and Wild were affected by that. The babysitter um, showed... Ha- we had to push her her back. Uh, the babysitter yeah, coming. Yeah, she showed up at our house. The baby wasn't even there. Yeah. You know what else it has been for me sometimes? I'm I'm very hard on myself, as you know, you know this better than anybody. I'm very critical of myself. And so I, I feel instinctually sometimes these things are about to happen. So I go out of my way to be like, Okay, I remember I emailed this person one time and they emailed me back like three or four days after. So these are already like red flags, little signs. They're not red flags, but they are. So I try my absolute best to sweat the small stuff so that I'm not shocked and appalled. The the teaching, the teaching uh, experience that you had. I sweat the small stuff. I I tell my friends that on dates too. I'm like, this is something small but that you need to sweat a little bit yes so this is a world of in the world of influencing you are your own boss and mm-hmm. you're constantly hiring out other people to come work for you and so you have to test and feel like for amber okay finding the right stylist finding the right makeup person finding the right hair person and she's a diva yeah she's not a diva you're just particular and a lot of people think i'm learning the older that i get i'm I'm a little bit more picky than i think i am maybe but you have you're not picky you just have a a standard of professionalism 
that you expect and I think sometimes wrongly assume everyone should have, but not everyone works that way. And not everyone is called out when they don't meet that standard level of professionalism. Like, except, especially come on time, come prepared. Explain that to me, Ben. And it's not because you know from experience. Explain to me how you know you have a big opportunity the next day and you don't put... Well, I think you don't put batteries well, on chargers. So I, I think <laughs> before there, you go to sleep, yeah, explain that to me. I think there's this element of people not willing to speak up for themselves, right? So I think yeah. of we we have influencer friends. This is their full time job, and they'll work with somebody, whether it's uh, a manager, whatever, and that person doesn't really work well or pull their their end. And the influencer will say, "Well, I I can't do better." They think they don't think they can do better. Yes, we so, have had that talk so, with a few friends here. So I think for me, it's you know that you can do better, so you're willing to drop people. Whereas some people are like, "Oh, it doesn't matter," you know. Like do you think I can be unforgiving sometimes. It's not. It's you don't really care about forgiveness. That's not even a real question. You're about getting the work done, and if someone can't get the work done. I'm moving on. It's not like you're, you know, you're holding like a check grudge. Because sometimes I'm like, I am I crazy? You, am I no, being mean? I, I don't think you're being mean. You, you you don't care. There's nothing to forgive. Forgiveness is like a stupid term in this situation. It doesn't apply to this situation. You can't do the job. That's fine. I gave you a chance. You didn't do the job. I'm moving to the next person. Yeah. I'm going to find somebody. And then once you find that person, you're going to keep that person like long term. Like you had someone yeah. who, who did your hair. They couldn't do your hair for a, a couple of months. You found someone else to do your hair. <laughs> oh, baby! It's and so you're gonna you're gonna do you're gonna continue going to that person who can yeah. you know actually be more consistent. Because I never want to be. I, you, I've probably talked about this before, but like. <laughs> my dad is at the same barber for like many years mm-hmm. and at this point because the guy is just literally so physically old he's not doing the quality of work that he did for my dad obviously like when he was in the 80s or whatever right. um because he's damn 80 plus you know and my dad's like i'm just so loyal to him and whatever yeah. like i don't understand loyalty to a. Your mom had that experience to too. Your mother was like, "This lady has not been cutting my hair well, but she's so nice, and I've been going to her and so I long." And I think a lot of people have like, that mindset. I was like, "But, but you are you're unhappy with how you look." Yeah, but I think people mistake um, loyalty for um, like abuse, or you know, like this person, mm. oh, right? I, I would lo- keep going. Yeah, so this person. <laughs> There's levels to abuse, but this person is abusing you in the sense of like taking your money and doing a subpar job, hmm. right? They're manipulating you. It's like, yeah, it's a so loyalty, like you don't you don't stay loyal to someone who is manipulating you or yeah. taking advantage well, of you. Well, now my dad's barber is just getting old. Like his his hands are are just physically cannot hold the clippers like they used to. So it's like, but it, so it's hard, right? Like, well, should you can I leave? Still, you could still remain loyal to him in other ways and instead of getting a shitty haircut, right? You can stop by, say, how are you doing? I don't know. I see what you're saying. That's smart. Yeah. Maybe. I just would never be like that. Like, if, if, I, if I pay you to do a job and you don't do it well, we have to part ways. Yeah. You, yeah. You don't, you're not. Don't mistake loyalty for business, right? right? Like, 
You're loyal to your family. You can't be loyal to a business. People think businesses are these human entities, right? Like, don't mistake this person doing a haircut as you being loyal to them. Yeah, but people you know? do. But people do find family businesses sometimes that you're like, uh, like it's this is still my... a business. Yeah. And if they're not doing the job right, I'm not one of those people. But you, but there you, are people that are like exiting, I've been going to the same person for X amount of years. You exiting someone doesn't make you disloyal. It just means that you're not going to do that business. Yeah. I hate this idea of like I'm loyal to the business. Fuck the business if the business is not doing you right. The business is taking advantage of you. There's yeah. no disloyalty or loyalty in businesses, except we use the term loyalty programs. Loyalties yeah. are for people, not for businesses. It's and if, just, but, if you but you remember someone, that, that Atlanta episode where Paperboy went to the barber and he's just like dragging them all around town, but it, like he's probably going to come back to the same barber in two weeks or whatever. Well, the, like, that barber did a better job. Like, right. like at the end of that episode in Atlanta, it was very clear that the barber who was on some like fuckboy right. shit, yes. you know, had to deal with a situation with his son, had to deal with this or that. Yeah. He was the better barber. He did the better cut. But that's where the conflict happens, right? Because we confuse, in, not in the example that I gave of your mother and my father, It's it's when... I see this person's level of talent, but their unprofessionalism and their discipline is not on the level that I think well, that that's what keeps a lot of people. Yeah, that's that what also, has people like recommending that person to you. But people like are confused because, in especially in big cities, there's the city. L.A. is filled right. with talent. That's the stuff Chicago I don't care is about. filled with yes. talent. You can find talent anywhere. There's talent in my dick. There's talent in everything. That's true. Like, but how, I, there's but talent I, is everywhere. Because that's, cause, cause that's how I am, too. But discipline and professionalism. Like, I, I don't care if you're is, Da Vinci and Michelangelo. If you cannot come on time to paint this mural, I'll, <laughs> I, I, I have I'll to find else to a, for a Raphael. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I hope y'all, and y'all, and let that be a reminder to y'all to hold yourself to the same, same standard of excellence as well. If you're going to somebody to do a service for you and they fudge it up every now and then, just cut them off. It's hard, but you you sweat the small stuff is essentially what I'm trying to say. Yeah. All right, we're Speaking moving on the small stuff. We're moving on to Imperfect Parent where we talk about raising our child. And uh, I follow a lot of um, parenting advice columns on the on the interwebs, on Instagram, TikTok. It's just good. In- Instagram real advice columns. Yeah, yeah. They like tell me how to be a good parent. And okay. one, of, one of the cute things is... Instead of giving people like negative, you know, reinforcements being uh, or threats of punishment, people isn't your child. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a parent sees messy clothes everywhere and says, "Hey, you know, instead of threatening, like if you don't pick up these clothes, I'm going to donate them to Goodwill. Let's make a game out of it. Let's create a game. All right, pick up these clothes. Let's play a game. Yeah, let's you know shoot them in for a basket or something. Or like a kid doesn't want to eat their salad. Let's. Let's have fun eating our salad. Let's make loud, crunchy noises. So create fun. Do that next time. I gotta eat a salad. Yeah, (laughs) I will. And so I thought this was a a good advice. It's just a tool you can use. Yeah, it might not always work, but that the the comments, the comments are like, I I don't have enough um, energy to do this with my kids. And it was sort of interesting to see that people use, um. Like, they were saying all the ways how they could not do this in the comments. I can't do this because X, Y, and Z. 
right? Okay. And it's so fascinating how someone will pre like present a tool and there are certain negative people who will come in and immediately think how they can't do it instead yeah. of thinking it's like the gentle par the anti-gentle parenting yeah people too they're like anybody got time for this my kids are gangsters yes Ge yeah yeah i i am not gentle my kids are gangsters yeah that's like a i'm like no their gentle parenting is a tool that can be used in different situations and i i love how pathetic most people are when it comes to parenting because they give themselves excuses for not trying something. Yeah. And it's pathetic and uh, something that I don't ever want to fall into. Maybe this technique won't work for a while. Yeah. I don't Maybe think it's pathetic. Else. I just think that sometimes we reach a place based on who is in your life and who you've partnered with where you're you're just being complacent and you don't even mm -hmm. realize it. Yeah, like you're you're anti and you're complacent, and I do think that in searching for a partner, um, I I wanted to find someone who is always constantly pushing my thinking on things, which is why I dated you and wanted to marry you, and so I think you and I, and because we're we're big readers and we talk to each other a lot, we're in the daily practice of pushing our thinking with these things, and so when I see parents respond that way i'm kind of like who is in your life that's gonna push your thinking just a little bit like like that's what i hear when i see that a little so, bit i'm like nobody is pushing you or opening your mind at all like people are it, it even when people tell me like i found this guy he's exactly like me i'm immediately like oh no not not because i don't like you but i'm kind of like no you kind of need to find somebody they don't have to be white or anything like that but you kind of need to find somebody who's a little bit different and pushes your thinking and challenges how you think you should parent because i too would have fallen into the pitfall of like yeah my my, my parents whooped me i'm probably gonna whoop my child and you know tale as old as time mm -hmm. and it was you that was like i really want you to read this book so we can have a conversation about it so that we can think about how we're going to make parenting work for us and so I, I don't see, maybe, maybe you're thinking that that person's pathetic, but I don't see pathetic. I see a former Amber in some of those comment sections. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like, they have not met the person in their life. It doesn't have to be a partner. They just haven't met the person that's going to teach them how to be like, open your mind a little bit. Just try it and, and just try it consistently and see if your child responds to this. Because we also see tons of parents complaining about the same things. Mm -hmm. So we'll have a parent here who's like, Hey, this is something that works for me and my kid that makes my kid feel like they have autonomy and it's a positive reinforcement. You try it. And people are like, Oh no. And yeah. I'm like, that is a former Amber in those comment sections. The other thing reading 30 minutes a day, a lot of people will say that's not feasible because I work, you know, X, Y, and Z. Okay. Maybe not 30 minutes, but you can go to, you know, maybe you work at night, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you read to them on the weekend. You know, you can get a library card. And there is this element of people thinking all the ways they can't do something yeah. instead of saying, yes, yes, I will. And here's how I'm going to do it. There's this term I ran across recently called the institutionalized yes, where at, uh, I believe, I think it was at Amazon, where if someone came up with an idea no one could say no to it. And if you did say no to it, or maybe it was Apple, one of these big major companies, if you did say no to the idea, you had to write like a three-page report and then publish it uh, for everyone to see why you said no to that idea. So what happened is that everyone was able to hear yeses to all their ideas, all their projects, and 
it sort of took away this idea of no, we can't do this, and it brought in yes, how now how can we do it? Instead of seeing that negative, seeing that positive, and I love that. Me too. I think this Especially is going to change parenting. the way that we do some even ideas for things that we create together yeah. because I I am a <laughs> institutionalized no kind of bitch. Yeah, and I think sometimes I I when you're hearing me push back about those things. What I'm actually trying to do is work through my brain how it can work, but so but but sometimes I think you hear it as no. Yeah. Well, you're saying, well, you, your phrasing of my it phrasing is, is why is, you hear it as no. You can't do this because of this, or that won't work because of this. So instead of saying that won't work, say oh, we just need to troubleshoot blank to make that work, or like, or how will instead of saying how how. Instead of saying it won't work because of this, saying how will it work with this? So putting the how instead of the statement, it won't work. So how? Asking the question instead of stating the negative. We need to start doing that a little bit more. Because some even even as we're planning for like this tour and stuff, for example, like we we just did like a, a huge brain dump of ideas. So I, I loaded all mine in there and I put them in the columns. And Ben was just spitballing an idea to me one day, and I was doing something at the time, so I I didn't fully have time to listen to your idea. Mm-hmm. And I think in that you, I was like, I was like, you you pitched an idea, and I was like put it in the spread the spreadsheet bin so I can review it later whatever and you were like never mind and I was like no I'm not saying no to it I just I I do that's not have how, the space to listen to you that's you, you say you it say. right now <laughs> that's, that's how what did I say you said uh was I doing something at the time before you, you were started? you was were I doing but something? you your exact words were um uh that won't work because you didn't do this yet like you you said it won't work because you didn't do this like how, what was how it this was the was the this trying to me save me being like can you put it in the spreadsheet so I can break it down? No, no, you time? you said that it won't work because I didn't do this other thing yet to to make it work. You're like you're like where's you know you don't you don't have a uh, a slideshow to make it work. And I was like, and, and I was like, oh, all right, whatever. I'm just shooting bigger ideas, and then we can hone in on how that idea would work. But I was writing it in, and before I even got the idea out, you <laughs> before s- you pressed. Inter- you you said the idea was not a great That's idea. That's not what I meant. That, it, I know you did. What I meant was I cannot fully listen to and make this idea work right now. Can you add it so that I can review it later? And that came out as that you won't ain't work. Shit, you're stupid. Go fuck yourself. That's that's exactly what I said. She would never. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, we're done with imperfect parent. Basically, yeah. When you get parenting advice, there's this whole thing of like. Don't tell me how to advise. Just listen to it and say, yes, how can I make that work? You know? Yeah. Like if it's if it's not especially if it's just a uh three tips to help your food your baby do blank. Like I want I want to um distinguish that between like unsolicited par- parent advice about your specific child. Because that's annoying, too. But it's annoying, but still listen to it. There might be a, a nugget in there. You don't have to respond to it. You can just hear it. Like, okay. Yes, but I sometimes I I actually love soliciting advice. So sometimes it, it feels you know how I am. It it feels like I'm sideswept when I'm doing something, and I get a cold text from either of our parents being like, "You need to do this for a while." And I'm like, "What? I I don't even know where where's this coming from." Like like I can't even hear it because I don't know where it's coming from. 
It's like I can't. You don't I can't. have to figure out where it comes from. Just it's like the restaurant the music advice, is too loud. I'm eating. Take I, the well, advice at at its face value and see if it's applicable to you. You don't have to say no right away to the advice. Just say, is this applicable? Okay. I, the next time my mama sends a, a present to the house unprompted to Wild, I want to hear. I want to hear. I'm going to say back to you. Just just take this gift and see if it's applicable to you. Okay. It's probably something Because you'll be like, hear. why did your mom send you th- us this? Sure. We don't need I do this. the same thing. Yay. This advice is all, also for me. <laughs> okay, all right. Cool. So we're moving on to section three, I do's and don'ts of relationships. Amber says marriage, but I don't like uh, that term marriage because I think it's exclusive for people who don't want to get married or people who are not at that stage yet. So I do's and don'ts of relationships. Okay. But the, but the I, you see how the I do and I don't is a play on the marriage vows. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, come for me always. Anyway, letter number one. Dear Amber and Ben, my husband and I have been married for two years. We dated for a few years while in college. His mom raised him as a single mom. So she has a very special place in her and his heart. All of his actions are to make her proud. Because of this, he makes excuses for her actions. If she annoys him with something, he'll tell me about it. But if I start to agree with him about her being annoying... He'll start to feel guilty for saying anything about it. He'll tell me about it. Uh, sorry. Uh, my mother-in-law pushes my limits daily. She'll ask if she can come to our house. She asked if she can come to our house the other day. I told her no because I planned a home day date with my husband for our anniversary. We l- were literally about to have some much needed us time. She showed up anyway. And my husband told her she could stay. I was livid. I told my husband that he needs to start setting boundaries. And he said that he will not do that to him. Setting boundaries will end up in an argument and he doesn't see an issue. Please help. Oh, wow. I mean, you see the issue already. The issue is that boundaries need to be set and it is a hard thing to do. So it sounds like you've started the step, which is you've introduced this idea of setting boundaries, but you're also dealing with, somebody who has a very close relationship and that is this is going to be probably the hardest battle y'all ever have but i i'd say this is a melee but keep on bringing it up until the boundaries are set because it is only going to get worse can i be petty patty for a second yeah because i'm just gonna i'm gonna be a straight shooter this probably is not good advice if this was happening with you and i Mm -hmm. i would go into full petty mode. If your mom asked, could she come over and we planned a date in our home and she came over anyway, I would leave. Yeah. I would leave and go ask one of my girlfriends if they wanted to get a cocktail. And I would text my husband, text me when your mama leaves so we can start our date. I don't think, I don't think that is I would make it, I would make it uncomfortable. I don't think that's So that every time you chose your mother over me, you don't get both of us here in the house. You don't get me putting on a good face. Well, that's the thing is you set a boundary for yourself. Correct. That's what you, I would you do. You said you wanted your time with him. He did not respect that. So I'm, a, I'm out. With me. Like if my mom came over, I didn't respect that. So you'd say, okay, my boundary was to spend time like one-on-one. I'm not with your mom. So you're not respecting that. I'm, I'm not I'm going here. to be here right. when that happens. And y'all can talk shit about me. Y'all can do whatever that's y'all fine. want. That's fine. That's fine. Or and your boundary uh, earlier, like you said, he makes excuse, excuse. If she annoys him with something, he'll tell me about it, and then if I start to agree, he'll start to feel guilty for saying anything bad about her. So that that for me, every time you started complaining about your mama, I would say pause. 
you know I'm on Team Ben, right? So whatever you're about to tell me, I'm probably going to agree with you. Mm-hmm. So I want you to know that. Now tell me about your mama. Yeah. If you don't want me to agree with you, then don't talk to me about your mama at two, all. Two years also seems like the time where a lot of these issues are really going to come out, yeah. right? You're sort of leaving that honeymoon phase. I, I think there is data to, data to show that within the first like year or two, you start to see things that come up. And this is this is something you got to nip in the butt. And you're going to have to keep on setting the boundary, being like, mm-hmm. I, all right, so the boundary that I don't want, I, you're like, I need you as the husband to set the boundary with your mom, but he's not willing to set that boundary. And you cannot control that. So what has to happen is you set the boundary between you and you and the mother. Yes, and yes. That, and that's what Amber is suggesting because you yes. can't control how someone else sets their boundaries. Nope. But what you can do is set control, uh, set your, your boundary between the relationship that you have with the in-law and then also the relationship between you and your husband. So if your husband's violating the boundary of I'm inviting her over, you need to create some sort of uh, consequence, yeah, you which need is to, like leaving the home. You need to put the controller in your hand. And yeah. plus, pre- come on, Ben, give me a uh, press X, Y, yep. joystick to the B, right. You got B, A. And, thank you. And and you, especially, you can easily, oh, not, not easily, it's going to be difficult to do. L1, L2, R1, L1, R2. you need to press L1 and. Hold if, if, L1. Let's say, for example, his mama hold is texting. Hold L1. You got to hold L1. I'm holding. Let's say, for example, his mother is texting you too much. I would say, uh, Diane. I'm free after five and, and don't text her until you're free. Yep. Diane, I'm free on Wednesdays after 8 PM and Fridays after 3 PM. Can you text me at those times? Don't take any more text messages or whatever. And, and if, and if she asked, could she come over and you said no, and she comes over, I would be gone. You know what you could also do is that you could, if he starts shit talking his mama to you, like cut that conversation. Be like, I, this is something you need to talk with your mom because this right. is the relationship between your you and your mom. I would say, let's call her. Yeah, let's if call you're not her. gonna talk about that, then stop. I, yeah. because because you y- your husband is probably experiencing some of the similar things that you're experiencing. Yeah, and and we and we we know a, a, a hovering mother in law. My mother in law does not hover like this, but no, neither neither of us. Yeah, not at all. But I definitely think that it will get to the point where your husband is going to be so frustrated. Yeah, it's going to ruin his relationship Because he could have got some that night. It's going to get to the point where your husband is so frustrated that every time your mama comes over, you're gone. Even if it's your house, your, your, you, your husband needs to feel a little bit of discomfort in trying to negotiate this. Because it feels like a lot of this discomfort is falling on you. I, no, no, no. I don't even make it about the husband, about him feeling discomfort. He needs to feel uncomfortable. No, make it about you feeling comfortable, right? Like right, you but, were but livid. She, but she's not comfortable, Ben, because but, but, she wants No, 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 to, let me finish. Let me finish. She wants to do her home day date. No, no, let me finish. So she was home. The mother-in-law came over. She was livid. That's not okay. So you need to find a space where you're not livid. So you need to leave that home. And go somewhere, meet up with a friend, as Amber said. And that will sort of relieve that livid. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I wanted to be with my husband correct, tonight. Correct, but you couldn't control that because your husband right. didn't want that. Your husband chose, in this case, your your mother-in-law over you. And th- that's 
that broke a boundary. You're livid, you're angry, so you can either stay in the house, be angry, livid, or protect yourself and leave the home. Yeah. And you know it's not right. And maybe the, there's a side consequence where the husband feels discomfort, but don't do it to as like a as a angry way to make your husband discomfort because then then you're just creating animosity. I would. Uh, yeah, but that's not. I don't think that's healthy. Now, but make it about you and you're comfortable and creating a space for you to feel comfortable. So if she comes over, just be like, I'm not going to hang out with you. You, I'm going to go to the other room. I'm not, instead of sitting there and, you know, maybe you did do that, but I would recommend just leaving. The last thing that I would say also is I would start keeping some receipts of how many points of contact your husband has with his mom. So that when you do finally say like, hey, Ben, we need to talk about how, often your mother is in our married lives let's Mm -hmm. go through it on monday you talked to her for two hours on tuesday of this week y'all were texting all night on wednesday she came over on thursday y'all had brunch together so you can reference it uh, specifically keep those receipts and it's not general so you can give like a very specific example i have to do that better with you when you annoy me because i'm like i'm like you did this thing but i don't remember it so i need to actually write it down to talk about it at the appropriate time when you make mistakes, like I sometimes I forget your mistakes, so I need to write them down a little bit more often. If you forget them, darling, they're they're probably not happening as frequently. They are. Things. The thing is, you're they usually are. doing <laughs> you're usually doing something. So I'm like, this is not an appropriate time to bring it up. You're like, <laughs> so you're having a bad day, and so you say something mean. I'm like, okay, I need to bring this up later. Then I it's just forget. Not mean to ask you to help around the house, darling, but that's okay. Actually, baby. See, I can't. I literally can't say what actually happened. So, okay. Well, keep receipts. If if you got the discipline, keep the receipts. We're actually going to jump right into Shelfie today because we do want to talk about they clone Tyrone. We're going to hold our other letters the next week because um, you know, we don't want to get kicked out of this room. So let's let's go right over to Shelfie, okay, baby? Yeah. All right. So we watched they clone Tyrone. It was directed by Jewel Taylor. Um, initial initial things because this was fucking hilarious. Yeah, the the movie is it's a comedy. It plays with like mystery and science fiction. There's this stranger thing element, so you have like mad scientists yeah. experimenting on black people and um like a cohort, if you will. Yeah. I think it it plays with a lot of um anxieties around like black communities and distrust around science particularly and vaccines yeah conspiracy theories conspiracy theories but there's they're, actual, they're poisoning the food there's yeah. actual examples of this happening historically where you know black communities have been experimented on unknowingly or henrietta lacks like using her um her genetic material for you know you know positive purposes which is what the scientists are doing in here. And it's a very clever twist on that. Um, I think we've seen most of this, the themes this, before. This yes, we've seen the trope of, especially if you've ever watched like Undercover Brother, it's specifically with the fried chicken poisoning, there's kind of a plot line where like the chicken is doing something and, and white men and afros and all that kind of, and that very black pre- exploitation energy. It was energy. very predictable though. Yes, yes. It was, it was, like, was pl- like, <laughs> plot wise, it was a little predictable, but it was also really cool to see some things. I, I liked how they made an intentional decision to sort of lead us on about like where this timeline of events are happening because you have like, you have 70s hair with, uh, 
Slick Charles, Jamie Foxx's character, and Yo-Yo Tiana Parrish's character. And then you have old cars, but then you see a flip phone, and then there's a guy selling DVDs, but then they start talking about Bitcoin and crypto, and then this kid is mentioning SpongeBob, so you're kind of like, it could be 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. So, so you're, you're kind of losing track of, like, when it is. Uh, but and there's a, they do a good job of explaining why that is. Right. Because there's a group of people who are constantly being cloned. And one of those people being cloned was somebody who was born in the 70s and sort of grew up in the 70s. Yes. But he's, you know, a 30-year-old person. Right. Because he keeps on being cloned. It's so just it feels a like very... clones, yeah, clones from different eras are coming together, which is really cool to see. It's it's worth watching. It's two Heck hours. Yeah. It didn't feel like two hours. Jamie Foxx had some of the most incredible lines in here. I just wrote down a few. Uh, I, I, I cackled out loud when, when somebody, he's kind of like a pimp-esque character, but he's kind of like, he's kind of like a respectable pimp yeah. in a way. Like he, he's like, pimping ain't the same. Like I, I gave the girls a day off. <laughs> At one point, like this girl was doing his nails. He's like, I respect the cuticles. And, and he actually shot this like white dude at one point in the movie. He was like, ah, come on, play it. L- let me stand you up real quick. It's like, <laughs> you just shot and killed this man. It's so great. I also love that there is, it, it made me think a lot about this trope that we've seen. Also, there is a character who sits outside the liquor store and is kind of like a Riddler. Like he, yeah. te- he, he becomes important to the story because he kind of knows what's going on, but he says it in riddles. Very a la like Mad Hatter and Alice or, in Wonderland. It's like, or why even, is a raven like a writing Even event? further in Greek, Greek, um, uh, plays in <laughs> yeah, Greek okay. plays you would have the blind man yes uh he would predict the future right. or new things and so he you have this man sitting out who is a drunk and who's not all there and he's, he's probably saying, not being cloned because people yeah but he'll say things he's like you got the smell of a fresh new car yes re- referring to someone who's just been cloned so he says very specific things so he has like the wisdom, like the a sooth- esoteric. Yeah, yeah, a soothsayer, yeah. a little bit. A drunk yes. soothsayer. Which is, you'll see those in all the Greek myths. So it goes yeah. back, you know, the madman who who knows the truth. Right, I like that because he's kind of unsuspecting and the government's not going to clone him. So there's not, like he has the knowledge because he's not being cloned. Yeah. Um. Oh, we also love a cameo from David Allen Greer as the pastor. At one point during the church scene, they started playing like back that ass up on the on organ. On the organ, and everybody's kind of like getting their freak on a little bit in the church with the dance moves. There was just like so, so many like funny elements to it in, in the ways of um, I, I could see this director being inspired a lot by Childish Gambino. Right. I don't I don't know. But I, I could see that. Like if, if I Maybe. didn't look at the credit, I could be like, oh, who directed this? I would, Donald I would say more like black plates, black exploitation films of the 70s. Oh, yeah, of course. Like- I think. Uh, John Boyega is plays a great character. And, you know, he he plays along these two sort of comedic characters, and he's the straight man who is very serious. And I think that dynamic works really well. It's good to see um, Jamie Fox still acting. Yes, because he had a health scare, yeah. and I think he's still sort of working uh, through his health scare. He 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 recently made a statement, but. Um, uh, it's it's so good to see Jamie Foxx on our our screens. Like he's just he he's we we were introduced to Jamie Foxx as a comedian, and obviously he could can do dramatic acting very well, as we saw in Ray and things like that. But collateral, you just remember like ah, this is why we love the Jamie Foxx show. Like mm-hmm. just great comedy. He's great. He he made me want to be a pimp in so many like not to do the actual practice of like 
Pimping. Trafficking women. But he made me want to have the a character. Pimp style. The pimp style. The pimp energy. He made me want to have um, a character like that in my arsenal. He got me excited up thinking about like what what actual occupation would I like to pair with the pimp style? Hmm. Like like imagine having a doctor who had the pimp style. He's like, sucker, take take two pills a day, motherfucker. Like it, it, you know, like what it, it just gets me excited to think about like all the possibilities of combinations of like pimp energy that I could pair with any job. I think that you have a character in the work. Like a this. pimp, yeah. but who is like a cafeteria worker. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great character. The names are really fun. Like a character named Frog. Yeah. John Boyega did great as well. Yeah. Uh, what was his character's name? I know like at the end it was Tyrone, but. Yeah, so. Fontaine. What a Fontaine, great name. Yeah. Fontaine's a really great name, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, please, please, please watch They Cloned Tyrone. We will come back next week with two letters and um, just love on each other. Keep giving each yeah. other advice. Give each we other had a good time five. today, right? Yep. And, 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 and keep receipts of my mistakes, right, Ben? Yeah, I got to keep a record of wrongs because love keeps record of wrongs. Got it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Fly on the Wallin. Here comes the outro music. We will see y'all next week on the show. Uh, bye, y'all. You know them from TikTok, cause those laughs keep you coming, cause they're wildin' all the time. Before Wild throws a tantrum, listen to our silly anthem, cause they're wildin' all the time. Don't swap while Amber squats, and does her dance to please her plants, and Ben reads books while serving looks, Wild is wildin' all the time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.